Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yannion. For the next four days, we're going to be taking up redemption, talking about different aspects of it. And today we're going to talk about the slave market. You were born in the slave market, but Jesus came to redeem you and take you out of it. The good news is the door to the slave market stands wide open. All you have to do is just walk out. Sound fascinating? Join me today. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you with me today. We're gonna be starting perhaps a two or three day uh, look at redemption, what the Word of God has to say about it. The book offer that I'm offering is the book of Romans because much will be taken from there. But I also have a book called Theology Simplified of which the entire first chapter has to deal with redemption. So again, these are just things that will tremendously help you. And I'll tell you what my ministry is, is to take words like this, redemption or doctrines, and make them so simple you can't miss it. I think that's why Jesus taught in parables and why he was so easily understood is he took subjects that oftentimes left your head swimming. And that's what the Pharisees loved to do is leave your head swimming after a while because it made them look smart and you didn't look so smart afterwards over. Jesus would stop in the middle and say, no, it's like a woman uh, putting leaven into a loaf of bread. It's like putting a seed into the ground. It's like catching fish and you bring them all to shore, you throw the bad ones away, keep the good. I mean, these are things that people did every day. And they would go, away and go, oh, I understand that now. He would take the word of God and make it simple. So that's what my calling is to do, is to take the word of God and make it simple for you. So today we're taking up lessons in redemption. So turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. We're going to talk about the fact that Jesus Christ has redeemed us. And the Greek word for redeemed actually means to buy back, to purchase back. And we used to be owned by God, but Adam turned away from God and in him everybody fell. And today we can come back to the Lord through the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And this is the essence of what we're going to talk about. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. While you're finding that passage of scripture, let me quickly talk to my uh, supporters, those who stand with me each and every month, my partners. You're a blessing to me. And I just want you to understand that by the blessing that you are to me, you help me to be a blessing to other people. God is my greatest blessing. Loretta stands next in line is my greatest blessing. But after that, it comes down to people that have made this ministry what it is. I have a call, I have an anointing, but you know what? It takes people to get it out there. Every ministry begins with one person. Jesus by himself, Paul by himself, Peter by himself, whatever. But as the ministry begins to grow, you have to have other people around you to accomplish it. You know what? I need you. And I thank you for those who also say the same thing to me was Pastor Bob. We need you because together partnership works in two directions. And so thank you for becoming a partner with me. And for those of you who are not a partner with me, but have watched for some time, enjoyed this for some time, why don't you make a decision? I'm gonna do more than just watch, take notes, be blessed by this. I wanna be a blessing. And by doing that, becoming a monthly partner with me, I'm not telling you how much to give. It could be as far as you're concerned, a lot of money and might look like a widow's might to you. The Lord can take and multiply things so many times over. On the other hand, if the Lord doesn't speak to your hardest, to what to give. Why don't you just purpose in your heart? What can you give on a monthly basis? Back it up with your prayer, back it up with your faith, and most of all, back it up with your love, your love toward God and your love toward people. This is what guarantees a return back into your life is your love for God and people. So again, thank you so much. And so just go to my website, bobyandian.com, and there you'll find a place on the face page where you can become a partner with me in this ministry. Romans chapter five and verse 12 says this, 
Wherefore, as by one man, this one man is Adam, sin entered into the world. And I want you to note that the word sin is singular. For as by one man, that's Adam, sin singular entered into the world. Now, sins came through sin. But once that ability to sin came into him, it produced all types of sins and has through the years. But it all came back to one thing. As by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world. Then death through sin. Once sin entered into man, then spiritual death entered in resulting later on in physical death. So death passed on all men because all have sinned. And once you note that, it says that death passed on all men because all past tense have sinned. You say, well, what about a baby that hadn't been born yet? How could that baby have sinned? Because what Adam did passed to all mankind and anybody born into this earth is born under the uh, concept of spiritual death. They're born under the concept of sin. And where Adam got us into this without our choice, he chose for us, Jesus Christ offers us a choice. He's a perfect gentleman. And even though the Bible declares that when it's all said and done at the end, more people reject Jesus that accept him, it still comes back to the fact he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I'm glad there was a day I did that. I'm sure there's a glad day you did that also. You look back on that day and say, thank God when I was presented with the gospel, I said yes to him because he's not willing that any should perish, which included me. So I took him and I received him as my savior. So again, you had a choice to get into Christ. You didn't have a choice to get into Adam. Adam threw you in there without any choice of your own, but God comes to you after all the work of Jesus and says, here it is. Will you simply receive me as Lord and Savior? And thank God on that day, and me too also, I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let's talk about that word sin for just a moment. Whereas by one man, sin singular entered into the world. Sin in its singular form is another name for the flesh, the source of all of our problems. Now, all of our problems come from Satan, the world, or also our flesh, but they all work through our flesh. Satan can't come and make you do anything, but he works through your flesh. He works through those lusts that are in you, so you'll make the choice. The world is the second, but the world can't come and make you sin. No, they can present all types of temptations. You have to fall for it, but the real source of sin in your life is sin in the singular. It's another name for the flesh. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Why is another name for the flesh sin, and why is another name for sin singular, the flesh? But to come down to it, it is the source of all of our problems. You can blame the world for it, but you know what? You made the choice. You can blame the devil for it. You made the choice. You can blame demons from hell, but you know what? You're the one that made the choice. And where'd that choice come from? You chose from the nature of your flesh to do this. Here's the thing. Before you were born again, you had the nature of flesh called sin. After you're born again, you still have that. But what you have that you didn't have before when you were not saved is your spirit has been made into the very image of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, and now you have a greater one living in you than now the, the nature of the flesh. You still have the nature of the flesh called sin, but you have something to combat it with. And what you have to combat it with is far stronger, it is far more spectacular as far as man is concerned and God's work is concerned. And the moment you receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you, recreated your spirit. And now when you learn to walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So the flesh is still there. 
and will be there until the day that you die. Once you die, you no longer have the nature of the flesh and you'll go to be with the Lord in heaven. In the meantime, there's a battle that takes place inside of you, but the greater one came at the new birth. Your sin, which is your flesh, is not greater than your spirit. Your spirit is greater. And once you understand that, you can declare loudly, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And especially that's in my own flesh. That's why, again, the key to the Christian life is two things. Number one, learn to walk by the word of God. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Number two is the power of the Holy Spirit. As I learn to walk in the spirit, I will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So the problems of the flesh are always present, but you know what? You have the power through the word of God, which you grow in, the power of the Holy Spirit, which you walk in to overcome the things of the flesh. And there comes a day actually in your life where you begin to realize I sin less and less. Oh, I, I still do from time to time. The temptation is there, but I've even learned to overcome the temptation by saying no to the things of Satan and the things of sin. Sins come from sin. In essence, whenever Adam sinned, sin came through him. As by one man, sin singular entered into the world, which is the nature of the flesh. And through that, we now find out that that area of your life called sin produces sins from that. I like to think of it this way. You know, you can go around swatting flies all you want to, but if you can ever find that mother fly and kill her, then all the babies will, won't be coming from that time on. It's like sin is the mother fly, and from that comes all types of sins. And we often run around trying to stop all these sins in our life when God's given us the power to go to the very nature of sin and stop it right there. We will not eradicate it. We will not get rid of it. We can overcome it. And that's what God has given to us. So sins in the plural in the word of God are the acts of disobedience toward God, which come from sin singular. Sin came from Adam. Adam's will produced sin in us. From the source of sin, we produce sins as far as acts and deeds are concerned. In essence, what that verse of scripture says is this. Let's go back and repeat it again. Romans 5, 12. As by one man sin singular entered in the world, nature of the flesh. And through that, death also came. Death came through sin. So death passed on all men because all have sin. In essence, it comes down to this. Sins, again, are the acts of disobedience which come from sin. From the source of sin singular, our will produces sins and those sins become acts and deeds. When Adam ate in the garden, he died twice. Instantly in his spirit, he died, and then progressively in his body, he died. The moment he ate of that thing, even though God said in the day you eat of it, you're gonna die, actually, he was referring to two types of death. The first type of death was instant. In his spirit, he immediately lost his relationship with God, immediately his position with God, and now he was the enemy of God instead of the friend of God. And so now he stood at a distance from him. Because he died spiritually, was separated from God, that began to progressively set forth in his body physical death. And some 900 some odd years later, Adam died. And so the curse entered his body before it entered his spirit. Let me say that again. For as by one man's sin entered in the world, and that's the nature of the flesh, and then through that, death passed, and death came into us. So 
what happened was man died twice when he ate, instantly in his spirit, then progressively in his body. The curse entered his body before it entered his spirit. It came, in other words, Adam died from the outside in. Listen to me very carefully now. What's happening is, I'm sure some of you, your eyes are beginning to curl up into your head and you begin to think, what's he talking about? Hang in there. I will repeat this two or three times for you to understand because once the light dawns on you, you can begin to see where your victory lies. You can begin to see, even though I have been born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, walk in the goodness of God, walk in his word, it still comes down. There's temptations all around me, but I can overcome those temptations. In essence, let me just qualify something. Sin is not the temptation to sin. You can be tempted to sin and still not sin. What I'm saying to you is Jesus was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. If you're tempted, you have not sinned. It's yielding to that temptation. And you have the power at the very moment that that, it, that, that temptation comes to you to stop it right there in its tracks and understand that's the power God's given to you through the recreated spirit that's inside of you. So the curse entered into Adam's body before it entered into his spirit. And what it brought into his body was the nature of the flesh that went right on in and killed his spirit separated from life from God so that man died from the outside in. Jesus came to give us life from the inside out. The first thing Jesus does is give us spiritual life. We become one with him. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us. Eternal life is given to us. And then from that time on, we begin to walk and redeem and see redemption come from the inside out. The next thing happens is our mind is renewed by the word of God. Our soul begins to begin to think like God. And the last thing that's gonna happen is we will even have a resurrection body one of these days. Well, there's a whole lot more I'm gonna get into. It'll come right after the break. I will see you right after the break. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse-by-verse teaching of the Book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh. If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College. And it's my favorite class. I think the students' favorite class is there. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. When I used to pastor at the church, I would even tell, I'd say, housewives, you that are listening out there today in the congregation, this is designed for you too. The Word of God is not difficult. Go to my website, bobbyandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus. 
were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership. All right, let's go back where we left off. And that was in Romans chapter five and verse 12. This is where we began, but also where we left off. Listen to this. As by one man, Adam, sin in the singular, the ability to sin entered into the world and then death through that sin. So again, as I pointed out, man died from the outside. And the first thing that happened was the nature of sin entered the flesh the body of Adam, then it went on into his spirit and killed his spirit. Man died from the outside in, so death passed on all men because all have sinned, past tense. How could I have sinned and perhaps haven't even been born yet in this earth? We all sinned in Adam. Adam was the one that sinned and his death passed upon everybody, so we're born into sin. And the last thing we talked about before the break was redemption occurs from the inside out. The curse entered from the outside in. Jesus came to redeem us from that. And so we, again, gain eternal life and redemption occurs from the inside out. The curse entered into us, first our flesh, and that nature of the flesh entered into our body and then went into our spirit and killed us there spiritually and we're separated from God. The moment we're born again, the first thing that happens is we are born from the, reborn from the inside out. The first thing that happens is our spirit is made alive. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us and recreates us. Then the next thing that begins to happen is our soul, our thinking, the renewing of the mind occurs for the rest of our life here on this earth and is progressive. And we progressively begin to think like Jesus, act like Jesus. And this is the old subject of sanctification. I am saved on the inside, but I need to present it on the outside where people can see it. And that comes by the renewing of our mind. And the last area that's going to be redeemed totally will be our body. And that's where the nature of sin is, sin singular, that's yet future, and it will occur at the rapture of the church, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, they'll receive a resurrection body. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them, we'll have a resurrection body at that time, and a resurrection body has no nature of sin in it, no nature of the flesh. Let's talk about the slave market. In those verses of scripture, we what we found out was in Romans chapter 6 and verse 17, amplifying where we just were, the Bible says that we were all servants of sin. Let's talk about that. Death passed on all men because all have sin. In other words, as in Adam all die, in Christ shall all be made alive. We're born in Adam, so we're born spiritually dead. We have to be reborn into Jesus Christ so we can be made alive. In other words, I came into this earth separated from God. I was separated from eternal life. I was in Adam and in Adam all die. But there came a day when the gospel was presented to me and I chose to die in Adam. The moment I died in Adam, I was reborn into the Lord Jesus Christ. And on that day, I passed from death to life in Adam. Adam all die, but in Christ shall all be made alive. It didn't come down to my works. It didn't come down to my lifestyle. It didn't come down to what church I attended, what religion I came out of. It came back to one thing. I accepted Jesus Christ by simple faith in the grace that he offered to me. Grace is God's full hand reaching out to you, but your faith is your empty hand reaching out to God. And from that, we receive of God's goodness. We receive of his eternal life and we get born again. And then all of the blessings past that that are associated with the cross all come by the grace of God. As sinners, we were called lost. 
We were called in darkness. We were said to be blind. We were said to be dead and servants or slaves of sin. And this is all found in Romans chapter six and verse 17. In essence, what happened was this. Imagine here, just imagine this table that's in front of me. Man, Adam and Eve were created on the outside of that. And by being on the outside of that, this whole table represents the uh, concept of the slave market of sin. But man was not born as a slave. No, he was born in freedom on the outside, but he had a choice to make. And God said, I'm going to present millions and millions of yeses, but I'm going to present one no. Millions of yes trees, eat of any of those trees, but there's one tree I do not want you to eat of, and that is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so guess what happened? I mean, I think this has to be interesting. Satan must have thought with all those millions of yes trees, I'm going to really have to work hard to get this guy to go for that one no tree. But you know what happened? With one attempt, Adam fell. One attempt, Eve fell. Adam, I mean, Satan must have scratched his head and gone, man, that was a whole lot easier than I thought it was going to be. And in one fell swoop, Adam got, I mean, uh, Satan got all this stuff back that used to be his, now had been given to Adam, and Adam freely gave it right over back to Satan himself. So here's what happened. Adam and Eve walked into the slave market of their own free will, and a door was closed on the outside. The door can only be opened from the outside, but here's the news. Satan must have been having a party. There was nobody else on the outside. Adam and Eve were the only two out there. They voluntarily walked into the slave market. The door was closed behind them, and there was nobody out there to open up the door. Here's the point. All the children born to slaves are slaves. Adam and Eve had children. Those children are born slaves. Why? Because mom and dad are slaves. And then their grandchildren, great-grandchildren, on down the list keep going on and on and on. And it comes back to this is Adam and Eve, once they were in the slave market, now everybody is in the slave market and we're born there. But there's only one way out, but somebody on the outside has to open up the door. And that's where in Genesis chapter three, God made a prophecy concerning the one that would open up the door to the slave market. His name is Jesus Christ. And he said he would come through the seed of the woman. Oh, that had to be an amazing thing. Women don't get pregnant on their own. No, but this one would become pregnant by God himself. And this would be the redeemer of all mankind, the God man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he would come by the virgin birth. So in essence, where Adam and Eve were created on the outside of the slave market and then walked into the slave market, Jesus Christ was born in freedom, born outside the slave market, tempted in all points as we are, even tempted harder than Adam and Eve were tempted. And yet through the whole thing, he was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. Jesus Christ with the greatest of temptations given to mankind to simply walk into the slave market like Adam and Eve had done. He said no every single time. And the beauty of it is we have been born again. And how did that happen? Jesus Christ being on the outside of the slave market bore our sins, bore our sickness, but he had none of his own. He did not go to the cross because of his sins. He had no sins. He went to the cross because of our sins. Jesus didn't spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth because of, of his sins. No, he spent three days and three nights there because of our sin. And after three days and three nights, he had paid the ransom price. There is a ransom price for getting a slave out of the slave market. And where we used to be owned by God, then now 
we turned on God through Adam and then Jesus came as the last Adam to bring us back to God where Adam gave us no choice. We were born into slavery. Jesus Christ has thrown open the door and we have the choice to simply walk out. That's the beauty of it. Now, in the meantime, here we are all down here in the slave market. The door is closed on the outside. What are we supposed to do? Well, mainly what everybody does inside is well, they begin to figure out well, if I can be nice enough, I can get out of here. Listen, how much does a slave get paid? Nothing. So if the point of it is a slave gets, doesn't get paid anything, how's he going to get out of that place? You say, well, he can be 10 times nicer than the guy next to him. Well, 10 times zero is still zero. You're not going to pay your way out of this thing and you can't get out of it by good works. So someone says, well, maybe you can help me get out of here. Well, that's the blind leading the blind. That's where religion starts. Because I can tell you what else is inside that slave market here. What else is inside there? Buddha's inside of there. Mohammed's inside of there. Joseph Smith is inside of there. And they're all declaring, I can get you out of here. And the blind are leading the blind. Slaves can't deliver slaves. And what you have is people following slavery all over the place. Others say, well, you know what? If I can just rise high enough in society. So look, I'm a mayor. Look, I'm a governor. I'm the president of a country. Well, it still comes back to this. How much does a slave get paid? Zero. So the point of it is, I don't care if you're jockeying for, for a position in the slave market. The issue is you're still a slave. And this is what happens to all mankind as we're jockeying for position, trying to get ourselves out of the slave market and no one can get themselves out of the slave market because we're born inside. We can't get out. But Jesus Christ came and after three days and three nights arose from the dead, took the keys of death and hell, opened up the door to the slave market, threw it wide open. And the invitation simply stands today. You don't have to do anything to get out of it. Just walk out. Yeah, but I, I'm a prostitute. Just walk out. But I was a drug dealer. Just walk out. I was into homosexual. Just walk out. Nothing that you've ever done is keeping you there. What was keeping you there was what Adam did. Jesus overturned that, has opened the door, but gives you the total choice to walk out. And one of the dumbest things you can do is stay in a cell when the door is wide open and every door is wide open all the way out to the streets. And you still sit there. Just like when when Paul and Silas, you know, that that's that uh, earthquake hit and shook all the doors and all the doors opened, but everybody stayed inside of their of their cell. Doesn't that sound familiar today? Jesus opened up the door. It's up to us just to walk to the cells and say, come on out. You can get out. And they go, well, I'm not sure I can. I haven't been such a great person. You're not here because you were a great person. You're here because you were born in Adam. And now Jesus Christ has defeated that seed of Adam. And all you have to do is just walk out. That's the whole ministry of reconciliation. Just walk out, not imputing their trespasses against them. The only trespass that's being held against all mankind is one thing. Have you accepted Jesus Christ or rejected him? I'm glad there was a day I was presented with the gospel and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then on that day, five years old, I walked out of the slave market. And you know what? Once I did, I'm out here and I can begin to declare to everybody, just walk out. Why? The door stands wide open to your freedom so Adam and Eve led everyone into the slave market. Jesus Christ stands now with the door wide open and simply invites us to come in, accept him as Lord and Savior. As we're coming to the end of the broadcast again, I want to thank all of you. We'll be continuing this tomorrow. Hang on. There's more of this good stuff yet to come as we take a look at the whole doctrine 
of redemption, what Jesus did for us. But again, I just want to thank you. Many of you have been with me since the very beginning. In fact, before I even began this TV ministry, there's people that associated with me from the time that I stepped down from pastoring, uh, you know, numbers of years ago and went into this ministry. There were people there saying, we want to stand with you. And I want to thank you for those longtime standards with me, those longtime partners with me. Nothing can replace you. Not only do I thank you, but God thanks you. And you'll never know until you hit eternity all the ramifications and all the results of your giving into this ministry. The next thing I want to thank you for is those who may have been with me for a year or two. Thank you so much. And for all those right now who are even thinking of becoming a partner with me, I'm looking forward to you becoming a partner with me. So the good news is the, the future looks great. Well, it doesn't look so good for the world. No, it doesn't, but it looks great for Christians. It looks great for the kingdom of God. And with all the mess going on in the world around us, my one word to you is what Jesus said. Look up, your redemption draws near. So tomorrow when we come back, we'll be taking up for this very same thing. Don't forget also, we have a great offer on the book, my book on the book of Romans, and that'll be a great blessing for you. We'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.